think I just found my perfect sound. Can you see the fire in my eyes? Bitches burning now. Lightning in a bottle. I think I just found my perfect sound. Can you see the fire in my eyes? Bitches burning now. Yo, yo, yo. How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? It's First Choice Fantasy back. My name's Ed. With me is Cam today. Um, we're going to go over our rankings. We just did an article on firstchoicepodcast.com. If you want to check that out. It was our Dynasty Fantasy Football Rankings by position. Um, so today we're going to pretty much do a brief uh, overview of that. Give one player, each of us, that we believe needs a little bit of an explanation as far as their ranking. Um, talk about a player that we believe is being overlooked as far as sleeper-wise, you know, high upside. Um, and we're going to do that at each position. So first, obviously quarterbacks. Cam, you have anything to say before we do get into this? No, let's go. All right. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks, for the first thing we're going to talk about, a player that we need to to explain, right? Trevor Lawrence at three. Both of us, me and Cam, both have Trevor Lawrence at three. Yeah, we Uh, have the same exact quarterback rankings. Um, Yeah. uh, No, it's a little bit different towards the end, but top five, all the same. In order, you want to just list them off, I guess? Yeah, so we got Justin Fields at number one. Now, this is for purely fantasy purposes, so I think that's – Self-explanatory there. Trey Lance at number two, which we'll get into when we explain Trevor Lawrence at number three. Zach Wilson at four. Mac Jones at five. And then I have Ian Book at six, Davis Mills at seven, and Kyle Trask at eight. While he has the op- – well, no, he has, he has David Mil- Davis Mills at six, Kyle Trask at seven, and then Book at eight. Also, can't oh. forget the honorable mention, uh, Kellen Mond, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, of course. Can't forget him. <laughs> did you hear about uh, – did you listen to RG3 talking about Kirk Cousins and uh, saying that he has to be angry with this pick because Kellen Mond's everything that Kirk Cousins isn't and that Kirk Cousins has been just collecting checks in Minnesota, taking them to 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight and, and seven seasons? So what's that to say? That what, What's he sitting there angry on the bench because Lamar's everything that he was supposed to be? Yeah, well, he's not even – I don't think he's on the Ravens anymore, is he? No, is he? Is he not? I don't think so. He said he said he wants to be part of the 49ers team so that he can mentor uh, Trey Lance, though. He did say that. Mm. Strange thing to do. He just talks somebody down, his old teammate that beat him out. Regardless, let's get past that. All right. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, that's the topic we're here for. Trevor Lawrence, number three. All right. I guess the real explanation on my part is the fact that, obviously, you know, he's this best prospect I've ever seen since Andrew Luck type thing, quarterback-wise. Um, but I... I don't know how to explain this, but my rankings I usually do, I do upside, really. Like, the players that have the highest upside, I'm going to take that. Like, Justin Fields' upside is out the roof. You know that. It's Jalen Hurts plus, you know, it's Lamar Jackson-esque, I guess, in a sense, like points-wise, because he can make it on the ground. He can do it through the air. As Allen Robinson on his team, that's a beautiful, you know, number one wide receiver to have first year in the league. Um, They're closer to Russell Wilson, but yeah. uh, Trey Lance. I have him at two just because, again, the feet, you know, the mobility, um, the offense over there in San Francisco, I would say scheme-wise is, from what we know, better than Urban Meyer is going to have his first year, I would say, just because it's already solidified. The offense has shown that, you know, you put – even Jimmy G. Jimmy G is not mobile, but he still had some fantasy-relevant games. Obviously, he's not a quarterback one by any means, but Trey Lance with his feet and the offense being as it is with the weapons, the upside's pretty much topless in a sense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 
feel like his ceiling is kind of capped with that offense and the weapons that he has. The weapons that he has aren't bad, obviously. Travis Etienne's really good. Um, I like LaVisca Chenault, you know, but. I mean, he's got some decent, decent weapons around him now. He's got uh, DJ Chark and then Marvin Jones and LaVisca. That's not a bad court. But compare that, compare that to San Francisco. Debo, you have to sort of. You say Tebow? Debo. Oh, a third time I He's kind of just like, I don't know. He's not a crazy good route runner. You kind of have to. He, he makes plays in the open field. And then, player. yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, George Kittle, number two tight end in the league. Maybe number three now with Kyle Pitts coming in there. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think they're too far. I don't know. I don't think they're too far off. Be I think I think the ceiling for Lance is higher is what I'm saying. That's why I do my rankings based off of honestly. But I just think the 49ers have a better team as a whole, which is why Lance ranks above for me. I don't the 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 offense doesn't really come into as much play. I think the 49ers have a much better head coach. They have a much better defense, which is going to come into play for making a rookie quarterback's life much easier and a quarterback's life much easier moving forward past rookie season. So that's all, that's all why I have Lawrence at number three as well. I also didn't like the fact that he threw the ball to the running back so much during his college career. I mean, this is included in my article, but lucky for him, his running back from college joined him. Is that going to help him? Sure. Um, but I think it still is a cause for concern. And I think his floor is a lot lower than Justin Fields. His floor is higher than Trey Lance. Trey Lance's floor is really third-string quarterback. I mean, he's very raw. If he, it is, it is. I mean, if he doesn't get, he doesn't get coached up and shown how to play properly in the NFL, he's gonna have a tough time making it by himself. You know, I mean, I think he he had a great landing spot though with the 49ers. I mean, you can't ask for much more, and I don't think he's gonna come anywhere near his floor, but. All those are reasons why I have Lawrence at number three along with you. I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, all right. So that was our uh, explanation we needed to get out of the way. Now let's talk about, I guess, the sleeper quarterback. Do we have the same sleeper quarterback, Davis Mills? We do have the same sleeper quarterback. Um, I can include another, but yeah, let's get into Davis Mills. All right, mine was – well, my sleeper was between Davis Mills and Ian Book um, solely for the simple fact that, you know, the weapons and the offense that Ian Book would be going into is a lot better than Davis Mills, like straight-up facts. Um, but the thing with Ian Book in New Orleans is the fact that I feel like the Saints kind of have, like, this pull towards, you know, the quarterbacks they have, mainly Taysom Hill why would they give him a bag like that if they were just going to draft a, what was he, a fifth-round quarterback, something like that, and then just be like, all right, you're looking good, you're looking good. Yeah, you can take over for this quarterback that we just paid millions for. I just – that's the unrealistic possibility. I don't think uh-huh. it's going to happen. But Davis Mills has the opportunity to really just walk in there and be a starter just because Watson, don't know what's going to happen. He might not even play this year, supposedly. Reports coming out saying that. And then also uh, Tyrod Taylor could just puncture another lung. Who really knows? Who knows? Davis Mills, I don't know about his talent. I really have no clue about him. But I know that the you know, situation he's in, he could possibly start her day one, depending on how things go. I don't think Ian Book has a possibility. 
No, I mean, I have Ian Book a little bit higher than Kyle Trask just because I think there is, like, the tiniest bit of possibility because we talked about this before, how complex and weird Sean Payton is as a, as a coach, especially regarding quarterback. And if he falls in love with Ian Book throughout training camp, who knows what can happen there. So that's why I have him the one slot ahead of Kyle Trask, who Kyle Trask, I believe, has potential for a future. But – not right now. Davis Mills, everything I've read about him, apparently the scouts say he's has all the potential in the world to be a starting caliber NFL quarterback. He's just had a crazy injury history. So I just have him as high as I do because everything you talked about, he has the potential to walk in there, gain the starting job, which unless he impre- – if he impresses in training camp, then I think the – they would probably give it to him just to see what he's got. But if he's looking horrible, I don't think they're even going to put him on the field and they'll probably just sign some random veteran off the streets. But yeah, I mean, after the top five, it really falls off a cliff quarterback wise. So it's really any way you want to pick him. Facts, facts. I would even argue after the top four, it's a cliff, but hey, I'm not going to talk about that. All right, let's get into uh, running backs now. So, I guess we're going to talk about a player that's kind of polarizing in a sense between us two, um, both the Eagles fans, but uh, difference in rankings for Kenny Gainwell. I have him at running back seven. Kim has him running back five. Um, I guess we could also go over the rankings. Uh, first, we both share Najee Harris at one, share ETN at two. I have Williams, Javante Williams at three. He has Trey Sermon. I have Sermon at four. He has Williams at four. Uh, five, I have Carter. He has Gainwell. Six, I have Mitchell. He has Carter. Seven, I have Gainwell. He has Chuba. Um, Cher, Mondra Stevenson at eight. Hubbard at nine for me. Mitchell at nine for him. And then Dokes, Jared Dokes, the uh, Dolphins running back at 10. So, Kenny Gainwell. Honorable mention. Oh, can't forget about that. Kylan Hill. Jamar Jefferson. We really wanted to include our boy Kylan Hill there in top 10. Oh, yeah. We couldn't with Jared Doak sneaking in there. It is what it is. He'll be a starting running back at one point. Don't you worry. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Talk about a sleeper. I'm not going to get into that. But Kenny Gainwell, you can explain your case for running back five. um, While I don't really have a case per se for running back seven, it's just a rebuttal it, I guess, something like that. So I like the landing spot as, um, as opposed to the majority. I like the landing spot for Gainwell. He lands in Philadelphia. He's going to be the running back partner of Miles Sanders. He already has minimal minimal tread on his tires, so to speak. Um, he took the year off last year. The year before, he went crazy. He's one of the only – well, he's the only of two running backs in this draft to have 2,000 all-purpose yards in a collegiate season, the other being, I believe, Najee Harris. And – that's even with the minimal tread, as I discussed. He's going to take these next few years. He's going to be a pass-catching back for the Eagles. He'll probably still put up some fantasy points, helping your team along the way with some flex spot starts if you want. But I don't believe Miles Sanders is going to be re-signed. And I think that's where Gainwell, Gainwell's potential really uh, comes into play because I think if he shows his ability to play, which I believe he will over these next few years, then he's going to take over that starting role. And that'll mean major stocks for Gainwell. And I I really believe he's going to help along the way um, getting to those uh, next few years. 
So I love the landing spot. The majority doesn't feel the same. Neither does Ed get into that. So the reason, I mean, if you guys follow me on Twitter, by the way, follow me at FCF underscore Edward. But the reason I had Gainwell, like I was propping him up all the time before the draft, uh, going to the Dolphins, you know, that landing spot would be beautiful. And I kind of assumed it was going to happen or something along those lines or he'd have a role like that. Ends up going to the Eagles and what was it, the fifth round? Yep. And he's behind Miles Sanders, who I think is a better running back. I don't think he's ever going to be – I don't think Gainwell's ever going to be what Miles Sanders is, and I never thought that. But the fact that he could have had that opportunity with another team would have been something special. Um, seeing as he doesn't have that opportunity behind Miles Sanders, um, I still like Gainwell's talent, but I just don't think he's going to be in Miles Sanders. Opportunity's not going to be there, obviously. In a sense, it will be because Boston Scott, you know, had his opportunities um, – there's not much of a ceiling to me. Um, like something I completely forgot to touch on. Miles Sanders has struggled to stay on the field. Who's the same Gainwell won't too? Five eight, two hundred. That's kind of. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You always you can't take that into account for one for uh for these rankings though. Yeah. Especially for someone who has minimal to none in regards to you know, injury history, as far as I'm aware. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Like I said, with the upside, like I take the ceiling and I kind of rank them out. So mm-hmm. I have Gainwell at seven. I think as far as, you know, like you said, going to be receiving weapon, um, especially the Eagles receivers as they are. It's not really beautiful. So, I mean, he could come in and have an impact in the slide or just occasional snaps. You know what I mean? He's going to have some modern. I think he's going to walk in and be the number two. I mean, Jordan Howard, he's going to get goal line, maybe oh, some yeah. third down and ones. And then Clements toast, unfortunately. And Boston Scott, he showed what he was last year. I mean, I mean, he I don't can't know if it really... was you. I don't know if it was you or if it was Alex or Brandon. One of you guys were saying how Miles Sanders showed last year. He kind of struggled in the passing game too. So maybe Gainwell takes yeah. most of those reps from him or some of those reps from him. It could be possible. Yeah, that's it's probably what the purpose of him, his pick is because Sanders, he regressed astronomically in that uh, pass catching area of his game. I don't know what the heck happened. People were talking about a thousand, a thousand season for him and he couldn't catch the damn ball. It was, it was crazy. That's fair. Um, yeah. I don't think I got much else to say on game well besides I like him, but I don't like the spot. Don't know how the spot's going to play out long-term. So it's a lot of question marks for me. So he's at seven, but a player who I have above him, which we'll get into right now is sleeper. Elijah Mitchell at running back six compared to Kenny Gamewell at running back seven, right? It's probably bold as hell because you have Elijah Mitchell running back nine. I think this is, again, where the upside of the ceiling comes into play, per se. He's with San Francisco, right? People keep on hounding each other on Twitter. Like, I'm on Twitter a lot, and these people just keep on hounding on people that are saying, you know, just because Trey Sermon landed in San Francisco doesn't mean he's going to be a legit superstar right away. Nobody says these things, but the ceiling. We've seen Moser, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson played, like, he had like four games where he like had the majority of the carries, right? And he got like 20 fantasy points each game. Like Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Just think about that. He was on the practice squad. Reem Mostert was undrafted free agent. He has the speed. Yeah, granted. But the thing is Kyle Shanahan can scheme these players in situations where not just helping the team, but they're going to get fantasy points out of it, obviously. But like he finds ways to use these players' talents and he gets some opportunities that work, like touchdowns. Jeff Wilson fucking load a fucking, what was it, two years ago? He had 
one game we had like two or three touchdowns out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. But I just the ceiling for these players in these situations, especially given the fact that most of these running backs on San Francisco's roster, Mostert, Wilson, uh, Coleman's not there anymore. McKinnon's gone too. But the majority of the running backs that Shanahan usually has get injured. So like the opportunity is right there. And if you have two, three good games like that, Elijah Mitchell can just pop up and give you two running back one weeks in the season. That, that's beneficial compared to Kenny Gainwell, which I yeah, if you somehow manage well. to predict it, you don't have to predict it. If there's injuries, he's going to get the opportunity and he's going to perform. If you get the opportunity in the Shanahan offense, you're probably going to perform running back. Probably more than likely Elijah Mitchell or Kylan Hill, but Kylan Hill on that offense is going to perform. I don't, it's just, I don't know. I like the ceiling and the possibility of that happening. And you could say like the whole, you're not going to start in those games. Like you don't really know, but like who, who's to tell you, say you don't have, say you have Mostert or you have Wilson and you have both of them and then both of them are out. What are you going to do? Well, a logical decision. If you don't have somebody on the bench to fill that role, get their replacement. You know what I mean? That's a high upside swing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I like Mitchell, especially since given the fact that he's very athletic. And then the offense, it's going to be beautiful. It's a beautiful place. I like Elijah Mitchell. Um, obviously, as a result, I like Trey Sermon too, but Mitchell's a good sleeper in my eyes. Getting him in the back, end, back half of the uh, third round, well, he was. I don't know if he is anymore because I think our recent draft, we got, I got him in the second. But I reached on the upside. It is what it is. I do that all the time. All the time. I don't have a ton of thoughts on Mitchell. I haven't looked into him a ton, but I do have him as my RB9 solely because of the landing spot. It's a loaded backfield. Um, It's going to be trouble getting on the field. And even if he does get on the field early, what's he going to get four carries? Just switching in rotation with guys. I mean, I'm really mad. I traded for Mostert right before draft, and I'm upset with myself because – that backfield's going to suck to deal with fantasy-wise. You just got to pray some guys get hurt. Hopefully my guy Mustard now doesn't get hurt. But, um, yeah, it's a sketchy backfield fantasy-wise. Like, you just have to rely on injuries. And like you were discussing, I mean, the upside is there just because of the offense that he's on. But right now I think that what's there, seven running backs on that roster right now? Well, I know they got Mostert, Wilson – uh, Mitchell Sermon. Who else they got? I don't know, but I was. Let's look check it out. 49ers roster. There's running back, so that would be better. There's Hasty. I'm not saying Hasty's holding them back, but. Oh, Wayne Gallman. Yeah, I seen somebody saying some bullshit on Twitter about Trey Sermon. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne Gallman. Why the hell did they sign him? Why did Why did Gallman even go there? Gallman was performing well with the Giants last year. Why would he do that to himself? Well, they they failed him over with Devontae Booker. But... Yeah, but I'm not referring to him going to the staying with the Giants. Just go somewhere else where you have a chance to at least see the field consistently. Fair, 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 fair. Eagles just picked up carry on Johnson, so I don't know what's happening there. Oh my very no! strange. Very strange. Live more <laughs> video. Ruin the Gainwell stonks. Oh no. Eesh. 
Ish, ish, ish. And he's a good pass blocker, supposedly, so that could be And I drafted that... Gainwell. That's a fucking bummer, bro. That kills, yeah, for sure. So now oh my, my God. Uh, ranking of running back seven is looking just a tad bit better. Just a tad bit. All right. That killed my vibe. Do you have anything else to say about the running backs or no? Hubbard, I really like him. Hubbard has a chance. If McCaffrey proves that he's an unreliable um, – He's obviously very talented, but if he proves he can't stay on the field any longer, which is very possible. I mean, you saw Gurley just fall off a fucking cliff a few years back. I wouldn't say McCaffrey's going to reach that same realm, but you never know in the NFL, especially with the guy his size. He's obviously got the muscle for it, but, I mean, he is a smaller guy in terms of height. And is he going to be able to hold up? Who knows? Hubbard, he slots in there. He's going to be a starting running back if. McCaffrey doesn't hold up. So I like him solely on that fact. And if he performs, then he might be able to hold on to the job in the future. But Thanks. anywho, wide receivers. Let's get to it. So we have the same top four. We uh, and then we start interchanging down down below. I'll get I'll go into mine. Um, we have the top four being Jamar, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore. At five, I go Amon Ra. He goes Rondell Moore. And then I have Rondell Moore at six. I have Jalen Waddle all the way down at seven. Terrace Marshall at eight. Diami Brown, hopefully I said that right, at nine. Amari Rogers at 10. That is solely on the fact of the other Rogers staying there. Josh Palmer at 11. Another landing spot choice there. Kadarius Toney. He's going to be the one of the guys that we discuss here at 12. Cornell Powell at 13. Dwayne Eskridge at 14. Anthony Schwartz at 15. And Tylen Wallace at 16. Some honorable mention guys we got in here is Kay Johnson, Amir Smith-Marset, Mike Strachan, and Isaiah McCoy. Mike was Strachan, boo. So, yeah, uh, he went to the Colts, so that's a decent landing spot, too, with the uh, – Lack of competition, in a sense. Just Hilton injured Campbell. Well, injured Hilton also and uh, Michael Pittman. But I don't – if you want to check out my rankings, he just went over his. You want to check out mine as well. They're, uh, I'm going to put the link in the description as well. But let's go over um, – what are we going to go over? Something that needs explanation? What are you thinking? I mean, uh, Jalen Waddle, I have him so low compared to others. Solely because I think he's going to be your classic boomer bus guy in the NFL. He will make an impact. He will be able to win you some games here and there. But he's going to be someone you have to pick your spots with. He's not going to be able to be a set it and forget it guy, which is unfortunate. I mean, you would kind of want that if you're a team picking at number six in the NFL draft. You kind of want a guy you can rely on week to week. I don't think Waddle's going to be that, which is why he's going to be so low in my rankings. He's also why I didn't pick him in a rookie draft. I traded out of that spot for a reason. So he scares me a little bit. He will help your team here and there. I just didn't want the headache of having to pick my spots with him. And that's that. I have my wide receiver six. You have him at seven. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't do a write-up on him like you did your write-up. I didn't really do anything just because pretty much everything you say I agree with. Um who do I have at seven? I could have put Marshall over Waddle, Terrace Marshall, and I think I may in hindsight, but given the rankings that we do have, uh, yeah. Waddle's at six for me, Marshall's at seven. 
I just yeah. think, I mean, like you said, Waddle's going to be like a boomer bust, like here and there type of thing. But the thing is, I don't know personally, and I haven't seen anything that suggests how the Dolphins are going to use Waddle, like as a deep threat, like Henry Ruggs, or they're going to use him as a weapon in the slot. That would be interesting if they do. Um, like they used Lynn Bowden last year. If they use, they use Waddle anything like they used Bowden last year, Waddle's probably going to be a steal at this point. But um, it's the question mark. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's a good playmaker. A lot better than Henry Ruggs, I'd say. But um, it's a question mark with me. The floor is kind of scary. It's not like consistent for like I would. I would say, uh, what's his name, Amon Ra, who you have a five, has a pretty pretty safe floor being in uh, Detroit. Though the offense is very bad, so things he's going to be able to produce, and he's going to be you know the go-to slot guy there. So that could be something. But um, enough about floors. Let's talk about a ceiling player who I like. Rondell Moore. I have him in the rankings as the wide receiver five and or however you want to take this, the running back six with a little winky face. Um, I think his usage is going to be very, very different compared to, you know, regular wide receivers and whatnot. It's going to be much from what I believe to be happening. I think it's going to be much like Curtis Samuel was last year with uh, the Panthers being used as a running back occasionally. And obviously that's going to be gonna be worth something definitely worth something because he's a playmaker um he's not going to be that alpha wide receiver obviously at five seven so if he gets the touch in the backfield gets some short screen passes they use his playmaking ability his upside his upside's there you know and the defense is gonna be worried about kyler's you know rushing ability deandre hopkins on the field even aj green so what one year removed from the injury that just dragged on dragged on but he hasn't really played for like two years but the same thing it's it's AJ Green, you know what I mean? It's not like he's just a ghost now. But you have those two on the field with you, and you can be underneath. It's just going to be – I just think it's a recipe for success. And uh, obviously, 5'7 is a very, very big risk. 5'7, what was it, 180 or something like that. But he's a monster athlete. Uh, if they use him correctly, which I hope that the Cardinals will, I think his upside's there. So wide receiver 5 for me. Can't even want to touch on him at all or no? No, I agree with everything you said. He's just a little bit below me because I have Amon Ra at five. I think Amon Ra has a clear path to a high volume of targets as long as he works out, which I believe he will. And then Rondell, yeah, everything you said, he's going to be catching screens, he's going to be catching slants, he's going to be working underneath with AJ Green and D-Hop there. I also believe he'll catch a few deep balls, again, with them getting the attention. He has the speed, he has the route running and playmaking ability, so... Yeah, I think he's going to work out there, and it's very intriguing and one of the most electric offenses in the NFL. So I, I think it's a good landing spot for more. Noteworthy comment. Chase Edmonds, sell him because he's not the running back one there. It's Rondell Moore. All right, let's go on to, uh, I guess, tight ends, if you want to talk about tight ends. Unless you have anything else to say about wide receivers? Um, no. Um. I think Powell has some good potential there just because it's the uh, Kansas City offense. I mean, if he landed anywhere else, he probably wouldn't even make people's top six teams. But oh, it's Tony. I forgot about Tony. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Tony, I have him at my wide receiver 12. I've been going back on that a little bit in terms of the future lately. I've been reading up on him. He was a high school quarterback and he hasn't been running routes for too long, so we can't really get on him for not having the precise route running ability. And he's obviously very athletic. He's a notable playmaker in, uh, with Florida there. 
And I think it'll be an issue for the first year, but I, I think moving forward, he does have the ability to obviously improve and definitely probably deserves a higher rank than the wide receiver 12. But in terms of this year, I'm going to keep him there, but definitely I think he has the ability to improve throughout the years. Yeah. I think his ceilings there for sure, but it is a scary range of outcomes with him. I have him, mm-hmm. at, 12, I have him at 10, you have him at 12. Um, you know, also landing with Daniel Jones is not the greatest situation and being the number two wide receiver after also Kenny Galladay and then you know, Saquon's still there. So the, the offense might be a powerhouse, but the question is – Do you think Tony's the number two? I I mean, I think he's better than Slayton, yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah, he's better than Slayton, I'd say. I'm not a fan of Slayton. Or Shepard? No. Shepard can barely stay on the field, man. He can't be a number two. There's no way. When he is on the field, he can be – Catch a lot of balls from. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I li- I like Tony in a sense just because his playmaking ability and like like I said the ceiling. I, I don't think he walks in. I, I I honestly didn't assume he walked in there as the number two. To be honest. What's up? I didn't assume that he walked in there as the number two. Well, he's gonna walk in there in the slot, which I think provides some value for him because he can actually playmake rather than run routes where you said he has a weakness. You know what I mean? So yeah. He has the ability to do something there. And I think he'll do something in a sense, hopefully off the field. Obviously the, I don't know. I think it's yeah. true. I don't know if it's true or not with the whole BB gun on, on school campus and stuff, something like that. Something special, something you know yeah. you shouldn't do, but yeah, hopefully it doesn't bring any to practice, but we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Uh, tight ends. Don't really have much to say here. Uh, I just filled out Cam's rankings here because we just did top two. I assumed he had the same top two as me. Pitts and Fryermuth, Pat, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the consensus consensus top two. I mean, there's a few sleepers, like you mentioned, uh, Brevin Jordan with Houston, and then Kenny Yaboa with the Jets. Um, who is that? I guess they do on the Colts. No, the – Bob signed him. He drafted him, actually. He's the guy oh. from like, Europe or something like that. Oh, yeah. He's an athlete, man. You should have seen him. He's, he's like six. Yeah, I something. watched video on him. He's a beast. But I, Washington, I, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. He signed with Washington, of course. Washington signed yeah. with the corniest tight ends, dude. I mean, he's be pretty. Not know. corny, but like the wackest. Freaking got oh, Logan yeah. Thomas there. Freaking balling <laughs> out. And now they're going to sign this dude. I would say he's a sleeper, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was trying to pick him up, honestly, before the rookie draft, but I didn't know he was a rookie because he was already signed with them. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't get drafted. He got signed with them before the draft. And I was like, oh, let me try to pick him up and sleeper. And then he got added in as a rookie, and it was like, can't add rookies pre-draft. Not a rookie. Well, technically. But, yeah. Yeah. Brevin Jordan, um, the thing with him, he was like a great producer in college. Like, in Miami, he was a pretty great producer. Um, 6'3". I think he's like 250, something like that, 240, something like that. Um, but he goes to Houston, who doesn't really – they have tight ends, but I, none of them are immovable objects, you know what I mean? Plus, they have a new head coach. Uh, what was he, a passing game coordinator for the Ravens or something like that? Uh, wide receivers coach, something like that, something like that. But, um, you know, they used their tight ends a lot in Baltimore last year. Mark, Mark Andrews um, snapped last year and the year before. Uh, maybe – Kevin Jordan has some interest by the by the head coach. 
also lack of competition and the fact that he produced major league college could help him. Um, Alex likes Brevin Jordan a good bit just because uh, he's athletic as well, which is obviously another plus for tight ends because usually tight ends that are athletic or usually tight ends that succeed are athletic. Um, speaking of athletic, Kenny Yabo is also a great athlete in New York with the Jets. Um, they have Chris Herndon, who I don't. He's been sleeping for a while. Yeah, he's definitely sleeping. We'll, we'll see if he wakes up. Yeah. But, uh, uh, not much competition there, I'd say. And he's also athletic and he did some things in college while also he went to Ole Miss with uh, Elijah Moore. And when he was there early on with AJ Brown, DK, but um, maybe he has a possibility of doing something. You know, some of these tight ends, like the tight ends that are superstars now, they really come out of nowhere. Darren Waller, obviously, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. They weren't, you know, TJ Hawkinson was picked sixth. And Lord knows how that's going right now. So, I mean, maybe these people actually have some value later in, later in uh, their careers. But at the moment, they are honorable mentions and sleepers, per se. But that's all I really got to say about them. You got anything to say or no? No, not really. Um, Pitts is going to get uh, Julio shipped out of Atlanta. So, that'll help Pitts' case. Um, he'll definitely eat up a lot of targets there. So Pitts is Julio 2.0. <laughs> Pitts we'll is see. Njoku 2.0. He's one of the we'll, other. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I think he'll fall, fall somewhere in between. I don't think. I don't think he's going to be the freaking goat like he's talking about. But, uh, but he we'll said see. That. Well, he said he wants to be the goat. He said he something. Like he said he either wants to be or he's going to be one of the two. Whatever. Anything to say when you come right in the league, yeah. but I mean, yeah, the expectations be are there, so it makes sense. Yeah. We'll Alrighty. see. That finishes this episode. If you want to check out the article as a whole, uh, it's a pretty long, decent read on firstchoicepodcast.com. Uh, check out Alex's article he has over there as well, seeing if rookies are worth drafting and redraft. That one's an interesting read. Some good data goes into that one. It's a good one. You should check that one out. Definitely. And we also have blog posts on there as well, talking about uh, our dynasty leagues that we have. So keep up with that. Like, comment, share, subscribe as well. Obviously, follow us on Twitter, FCF underscore Edward, FCF underscore Brandon. Uh, what's your Twitter, Cam? Um, if you want to leave it there, it's kcutlass33. But and then also, uh, uh, we'll probably change that podcast, at some point. Something along those lines. But um, yeah, without further ado, I guess that. Race the ship for us. Uh, appreciate y'all watching. Deuces.